All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. Hello and welcome to our first episode of Sharing More Than The Sheets. Today, I'm going to talk about the common mistakes that I've personally seen and what I've seen work and what I've seen that doesn't work in couples when it comes to managing money. So when I first started in advice, my main and probably the most exciting part of advice that I've given people, even to this day, has been managing money, has been what to do when the cash comes rolling in every fortnight or every month or every week or whenever someone gets paid. And if there's anything I've learned over the years is that it isn't really about how much money someone makes, but it's how they manage their money. It's how they manage their finances. It's what they do with that money when it comes in. Now, how much someone makes obviously is very important. It's a big part of whether someone's going to be financially successful or not. But as equally important is how that money is actually managed. Because I'll tell you now, I've got clients, I've met people that make monsters. They bring in more income than you can possibly imagine. But some of these people have more issues than you and me put together when it comes to managing money, debts, and all the rest of it. So essentially what I'm trying to say is income, big income, does not equal big savings. On the other side of the coin, I've got clients, I've met people over the years that earn minimal, minimal income and still manage to save more than those that are earning the big bucks. So really it's all about how money is managed and what it does when it comes through the door. The biggest part about it is really, there's a couple of different things. So the first of all is actually sitting down with each other and sort of working out exactly where your your mindsets are and sort of what you're both hoping to achieve. Because too many times do I see situations where couples get together, they get to know each other, they talk about things in their life, they'll obviously get to know each other's habits and good and bad and ugly and whatever it may be. They'll talk about children, they'll talk about religion, they'll talk about all these different things, but money is always one of those topics that they don't talk about, you know, it's, sometimes it's because it's a cultural thing or something that their family is just used to, they're just not talking about money, they don't talk about finances with other people. Um, Sometimes it's also the fact that they just assume it's all going to work or that it's just, you know, two incomes and we'll be fine, you know. But the issue is that, first of all, people fail to actually realize that sometimes the other person can have financial baggage, such as debts, coming into a relationship. And those debts, while they're not too serious sometimes, can become an issue. So really, it's about sort of putting everything in the open. And just like you let your partner know about your bad habits, be it farting or burping or whatever it may be, or having a messy bedroom, You also need to tell them about your bad habits when it comes to money, you know, and as I said, if there's debts there and if if there's bad habits that you have in place, but it's just sitting down and literally just talking about money and making sure you're both on the same page because in one of our episodes coming up, what I'm really hoping to talk about is mindset and mindset is so important. It's, It's both wanting to do better. You know, so many times do we see people that, you know, they're struggling financially 
you know, I sit down with them and I basically find that one of them really wants to do well and shoot for the stars and the other person just really doesn't care, you know, and their main priority is just treading water, paying the bills and buying what they need to buy every week, basically. And at the end of the day, someone will always be more motivated than the other. That's just a fact of life. It's very, it's impossible that both people will be on the same page. If you can at least talk about it with each other and you can at least understand where the other person's coming from and at least have some sort of common ground, it makes life so much easier because you can actually sit there and plan things properly knowing that you've, you're, man, you're managing each other's expectations. Because again, there's nothing worse than being disappointed. There's nothing worse than, you know, assuming that you're both on the same page and suddenly one person's saving like crazy and the other person's doing the complete opposite. So it's really just sitting there and making sure you're on the same page and talking about these things to literally just set the groundwork, um, you know, set the foundation so that you can work together um, and that you can actually start moving forward. The other thing from there is going to be working out your expenses, you know, um, literally sitting down and actually working out what your expenses actually are. Um, so many times, again, it's, it's um, even personally, I'm victim of this, you know, where you, you assume your expenses are X, Y, and Z, but as time goes on, they change, you know, expenses go up, things get added on, and you forget to either update your budget or forget to register them mentally. So it's about really understanding what your spending is, because what actually will actually, what will happen from there is when you understand your spending, when you know what your expenses are, you become more aware of it. And when you become more aware, you're more likely to be more careful. You're more likely to make smarter decisions because, and you're more likely to look at things and think, okay, crap, do we actually need this? You know, do we need to have that there? Can we cancel that subscription? Um, I saw someone the other week, they've literally got like every possible subscription you can think of, you know, from like, like everything. And they, and I asked them, I said, how many of these do you actually listen to? How many of them do you actually watch regularly? Um, and we narrowed 11 of them down to like three or four. So it just being aware of what you're spending is so important. Um, and it's, oh, it's, it's amazing how many times I talk to someone and I look at some a situation and just talking about it gets them thinking, oh, you know, actually, we don't really need that. We can actually cancel that because there's direct debits that most people don't even know what they are or why they're there. And that's a really bad thing. Like if somebody was walking into your house once a week, opening up your fridge and taking something from that and walking back out, you'd want to know what they're taking and you want to know why they're in your house. It's exactly the same thing with bank accounts. If you've got a direct debit that's happening you need to know what it is. And if you know what it is, you need to know why it's there. You know, and when you know that and you when you're aware of your expenses, then as I said, you can sit down and you can think and you can think, all right, do we really need this? Do we really need that? Can we cancel this? Can we cancel that? So that's probably the second part. And um, again, the first one is being aware of each other's mindset and being on the same page. The second is actually knowing your expenses. And the other thing about knowing expenses is, again, so many times I'll talk to someone and they'll say, okay, we're spending $1,000 a month on X, Y, and Z and spending X amount on our mortgage. These are our expenses. But then what tends to happen is the budget doesn't work. Things aren't working. No one knows why. So we then sit down and go through bank statements. And then we find that they thought they were spending $300 a week on groceries and pet food, 
but really it's $350 a week or $400 a week consistently. And those small differences all add up. And sometimes the difference is significant. Like they'll they'll assume that like their electricity bill is three hundred and fifty a quarter, um, when really they don't realize. Lately, the average has been about five or six hundred. So, knowing your expenses, knowing what you're paying, um, is so important so that you know what you're actually working with. Otherwise, you're literally just working with figures that don't exist. The other one is goals. Um, goals are really important in any situation, in any climate. You know, um, from fitness. Um, to money. If you have no goals, you are just shooting for the sky. You just, you just, you, you, you're literally blindfolded going somewhere and hoping that you're going to get somewhere good. Um, goals are really important so that you can measure your performance so that you can actually know if you're doing better. Um, and secondly, goals are important so that you can prioritize things. You know, for, for example, um, let's say, you know, when someone writes down their goals, they'll put things down. Like, for example, I want to go on a holiday. Okay, cool. The second thing is we want to save up for a house deposit. That's another one. We want to start working towards our children's high school education because we really want them to go to the school because they have the same beliefs as us or we like the the teachers, their teaching methods or we've, we've heard good things about the school or it's close to our work or whatever it may be. And as these goals start to be put down on paper, then it becomes apparent that these need to be prioritized, that, you know, you most likely not every single goal is going to be achieved. And then when you start doing that, you start working out what's more important, what's not as important. The goal that tends to top up, <laughs> to pop up every now and then is um, buying a jet ski. Yeah, you know, or putting a new motor in the in the hobby car. Um, and then it's, it's, you know, obviously the jet ski, children's education, holiday, you could sort of see what normally in, ends up coming to the bottom of the of the list but that's important because at least that way you can both a be on the same page b know what your goals are and know what you're working towards and c actually have an idea as to what's important to who and what's more important to who as well because again in this example i just gave you with these goals sometimes to one couple to one member of a couple high school education is the most important thing for them to another they probably don't care if the kid goes to a state school and they're happy and their main priority is to buy a house. So again, once you've got the goals, you can A, be on the same page and B, you can actually know what you're working towards and know if you're on track or not. Because again, in most situations, people will literally just tread water. Um, they'll just assume they're doing well or just assume that they're working towards something. But assuming normally just gets you nowhere. You know, you could wing it. Winging it works sometimes. But when it works, it's not as effective as it would have been as if somebody had actually planned things properly. So that's the other part, goals-wise. And we'll talk a lot about goals in this podcast because goals are important. Um, and for, for the reasons I've mentioned, um, and goals are important, as I said, to track progress. Um, because if, for example, you've worked out or if you've sat down with your financial planner, like I do with my clients, when we work out, okay, we're going to get, this goal will be achieved in 10 years. My mortgage will be paid off in 10 years from now. Cool. The next year, we can look at that and or you can look at that and you can think, okay, am I on track to paying off my mortgage by this particular date in this period of time? If no, it makes you aware that you need to sort of fix things up, change things, modify things, or if not, that you're most likely going to achieve your goal a lot later than you initially thought. So 
we will talk about goals a lot. Goals are so important, um, as any advisor will tell you, or as any personal trainer will tell you. It's, it's a matter of perfecting in them over time as well. They're never perfect straight away. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. The other thing as well is combining finances. So combining finances is is a biggie, to be honest with you, because again, there's a lot of couples that over the years have still kept their finances separate. And that can happen for a few reasons. Now, first of all, I'm not saying that every single couple need to combine their finances because sometimes it doesn't suit everyone. Some people, personally, emotionally, would not feel comfortable combining their finances with someone else. Um, Now, if that is the case, obviously, one needs to ask why um, and to see, you know, if there's anything underlying or any concerns that need to be addressed. But to some people, even though they know they need to combine their finances, if they do it, but it's going to keep them up at night, then it's sort of defying, it, it may cause more damage than good. Um, but combining finances, sorry, and, and on that note as well, when it comes to combining finances, a lot of couples sometimes don't do it because they just haven't talked about it. They just haven't talked about it and it's just something that they never talked about and it just, it, nothing happened, you know. And I've met some couples as well that are too scared to do it or they don't trust each other. Um, I've asked the question to them, well, you know, in most cases they'll have children um, they'll be married. So I'll sort of explain to them that they're, pro- they're, they're probably in the deep end as it is with kids. So I think sharing finances is, uh, is nothing when it comes to, you know, compared to sharing children. <laughs> but, um, and that normally gets them thinking. Um, but whatever the reason may be, it normally does need to be addressed um, because combining finances is, is, is very important so that you can look at things as an overall picture. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's a saying that, you know, one hand doesn't clap by itself. You know, it, it takes two to tango. Um, and having finances together just means that you can look at them and you could sort of know what your total income is as a household. You could know what your total expenses are as a household. And you can know what your total surplus is as a household, what you have left over every pay. And this is important because it just means that you have an overall picture of your situation um, and you can work together holistically as an overall picture, you know, as a, as a, um, as a, you can work together as a couple, as a, as a team, as a team, because, um, you know, it's, it's like when you've got a kitchen, a kitchen has normally only one head chef, Um, you know, having a kitchen with two bosses in it, normally doesn't work that there's clashes there's there's different things happening and also when things are separate as well there's separate strategies there isn't like an overall strategy and then that normally affects direction you know for, for example one person would be putting away a thousand dollars a month in savings and the other person's only putting away three hundred dollars in savings and when they find out six months later what the other person's been doing they get upset because they expected to have more savings. You know, that's just a very basic example, but that should hopefully give you an idea. Um, The other part about it as well is if there are couples that don't feel comfortable combining their finances, 
which is completely fine because some couples, again, they may not want to because A, the relationship is still early in its stages um, or secondly, there are potential issues there and they would prefer to keep their finances separate. There's nothing wrong with having a bit of a hybrid approach where part of your finances are combined and you know they would be potentially like your bills, your savings maybe, but normally it's your bills as a minimum that would be combined. And then after that, you've got each person would have their own spendings account um, and potentially their own savings, you know, for example. But um, all, all I can say is all these things happen in stages as well. You know, it's 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 very hard. It's like renovating a house. You know, you can't, some do it, some get a builder and they get someone to come in and literally renovate the whole house from start to finish for them. And then they move in. Or what most people do is they'll renovate parts of the house. You know, they'll start with normally the kitchen or the bathroom if you know, that's normally the most complicated and the most messiest. And then they'll move to the bedrooms and they'll do it over a period of time. Um, so budgeting is exactly the same thing. You can do that over time. You know, you can you can sort of work on one thing to start with the bills account, to start with something and then work from there. Because, you know, sometimes someone may not be comfortable jumping in the deep end financially with someone else. Um, sometimes it's just too much to handle because, you know, if you've got 30 different direct debits every month, you know, you literally, to change them, you'd have to literally contact these places and most banks and most institutions and companies need special forms filled out and, you know, it's, it's time consuming. So, um, you know, my biggest tip here would be to start off small, just start somewhere, have a bills account, have something and just start and we'll talk about structure in one of our future episodes but just start somewhere so at least because something is better than nothing and if you if once you get the ball rolling it makes it so much easier you know and it makes it in just just like when it comes to completing tasks you know they say that you should complete tasks if there's a big task to complete break it up into pieces and just start with that because as i said something is better than nothing and something doesn't look as unachievable if it's split up into small pieces so that's that's probably one of the biggest tips I can give to couples thinking of starting to combine their finances together. Another big part about this now is structure. So having structure in the way money's managed is very, very important. Um, and what I mean by that is this. A lot of people know their expenses, but it's the expenses that fall between the cracks that tend to stack up. And it's the ones that people forget about that tend to come in there. And so many times you see someone where they look at how much money they've made for the year. This normally happens when they do their tax return or they look at you know how much they've earned for the fortnight and they're just thinking, where's all the money going? And normally that's because they have one bank account, normally sometimes one each or just one for the two of them, where literally all income goes into these accounts, all expenses come out of these accounts and they just hope to God that there's money left over every week, fortnight or month. Um, and as I said before, fluking it, winging it normally doesn't get you anywhere decent. (laughs) So when it comes to structure, structure is so important to have a system in place is to have something there. And I promise you, if there's anything I will ever guarantee ever is that apart from helping someone save money, if you follow a budget, compared to having no budget at all. If you have, if you start having some sort of budget, 
it will make your life easier. It will make things easier. And these days, a lot of people, a lot of couples, a lot of families, you know, if you have children especially, are very time poor. People don't have time to do as many things as they have, you know, in the past when they were single, for example, or when they had no children, or when they had one child instead of two, or two instead of three. So, you know, having structure makes life easier. And as I said, it will help you save more money. It will help you know where things are actually going compared to just having the one account where everything's going in and out. The other good thing about having structure is that having something to follow and having different allocations, be it different bank accounts, for example, will help you realize if something's going wrong. So for example, if the bills account's constantly not enough, if there's just not enough money in there, you're putting X amount, you thought you had to put this much in there, but it's constantly being overdrawn. It's very easy to figure out what's going wrong. It's very easy to figure out why the, why isn't there enough money there? Because you literally need to look at that account and you can see, you know, what you should see is money going in, bills going out, money going in, bills going out. And it's very easy to literally just add them up and just figure out why it's not enough. It's the same thing when it comes to spendings account, you know, having money to live off. When it's constantly not enough, you know, it's very easy to figure out what's going wrong because you literally just have to look at your account and think, okay, this is how much I'm putting in there. All this is coming out. It's not enough. Why? And instead of having a list of 600 transactions, you know, for the week or the month or the year, you might have, or sorry, for the week, fortnight or the month, you might have about 30 or 40. So it makes it a lot easier to look at them and think, okay, how much are we spending on groceries? How much are we spending on this? Uh, what's this one? You know, so it makes it a lot easier to look at things and to sort of figure out what's going wrong. And the other thing, it helps you figure out what's going right. And that is normally looking at your savings account and knowing that that's really your savings account. And what I mean by that is when the structure of a budget is not done properly, a couple would look at it sometimes and think, okay, cool, we've got 20,000 in savings. But really they don't because some of that money is for the bills that are due next month. You know, so when they look at it and actually do the maths, I think, okay, hold on a sec. We don't have 20,000 in savings. We've only got about 15, you know. So having structure will help you realize and be aware of where you're at um, and if things are enough and if they're not. The other thing as well is accountability. So as a couple, having accountability is so important. Now, for anyone, sorry, anyone managing money, having accountability is so important. On that note, I do find that couples tend to do better financially than someone that's single. When I say do better financially, what I mean by that is that they tend to be saving more money financially than someone that's single. And the reason for that is because somebody that's single, normally there's no accountability. Where, for example, they could spend $2,000 on a remote control car and no one's going to say, why did you just spend $2,000 on a remote control car? compared to in a couple situation where if one person does something, the other person's most likely going to question it if it's out of the ordinary or if it's just weird. So that sort of helps. But even so, as a couple, accountability is important. And the biggest part of accountability that you can have is each other, where you sit down, even if it's once a month, 
just to look at where things are at, how much you've saved, if you're doing finances separately, how much you've each saved, just to make sure that you're on track and that that discussion is happening. The other part about it as well is having a financial advisor, having someone there that you can talk to, even if it's a review once a year, just sitting down and looking at the goals to see if you're on track. It's okay, we set this goal 12 months ago. Are we on track of that or not? And very rarely will the advisor tell you what to do, you know, um, and force you to do anything. Well, they shouldn't force you to do anything, but very rarely will they tell you do this and do that. But having that discussion at least brings it to the top of your mind. You know, it means that you won't forget to track your progress, to have that account, you know, to, to, to go back and see if you've done what you said you were going to do 12 months ago. You know, having that discussion, just make sure that you're at least aware of things if you're not doing it well, or if you're doing it really well, at least you can give yourself a pat on the back. Um, so accountability is is massive. And again, just like fitness, personal fitness, accountability is important to make sure, you can, you can have gym membership, for example, and go three times a year, you know, compared to if you had a personal trainer or a friend to go with, where you're most likely going to be going more often to the gym. So accountability is probably the most important part of this whole thing. Um, You know, making each other accountable to what you promised to do. Having someone there, if it's possible, a third party, a financial advisor, someone that's qualified to make you accountable to your goals so that you could know when you're doing well, know when you're not, and have a very good idea as to whether you're going to be achieving these goals that you work towards. So I hope this episode's helped. Um, it's I've, I've shared with you some of the biggest, I guess, the biggest pain points that I've seen um, when it comes to couples and managing money. And over future episodes, I'm going to be talking about a lot other area, a lot of other areas such as structure, tips on managing money, ways to do it, um, and hopefully helping you and your family make better financial decisions so that you can focus on the things that you love and not the things that might stress you out or the things like bills or debts or things that are just boring. You know, if you can manage your money better, focus on the things that you love, like spending time with each other, seeing the world, doing things, being fit, being healthy. If you can focus on that, your life will be a thousand times more enjoyable compared to somebody that isn't doing any of that and is doing nothing but just worrying about money. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.